dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Sister Natalia. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. Audience of one, a caterpillar. That's true. Um, hey, I'm seeing your face on more than just a screen right now. We're too far away to high five. That's super exciting. Yeah. But we're, we're sitting outside in beautiful... Burton slash oh, Troy man. County slash Troy Township. So Troy can I, Township. Go can ahead, I tell that story? Because this was the best burn. Wait, Mother- wait, wait. Can I just begin the story with another story though? Yeah. So we're praying first hour today at Christ the Bridegroom Monastery because I, I came here and surprised sister. You're not talking about the door. I'm talking about the door. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I show that. And so after, after the first hour is over, so we're done praying then the beautiful nuns of Christ the Bridegroom Monastery, so send them all your intentions, will <laughs> will will pray for a bunch of people by name. They just list off the names of everybody who has to be prayed for, and they list them all off after after the hour. Within a prayer. Within a prayer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right, of course, it is a prayer. So it's it's a prayer. But the, the formal first hour prayer is over. Then they start doing the intentions prayer, um, intercessions, the interceding for these people that have asked and, and offering the intentions to our Lord. So um, as they're doing this, I actually celebrated as a priest the hour. So um, I am just the most laid back guy you'll ever want to meet. You haven't figured that out already. <laughs> and so I kind of go in and out of the doors. We have these things called the deacon doors on the side that the priest goes in and out of, even if he doesn't open the royal doors. Anyway, this is probably another for another podcast, but these side doors, the deacon doors, you're, just, you're going in and out of those. And I just don't always make sure I shut it completely behind me. Well, of course, sisters in- Which is just laziness. It's not laziness. It's not, it's not- caring it's like it's not it's just not it's not it's not unhelpful to my prayer to have the door ajar a little bit okay i'm just ragging on you right now so i know i know it is for sister like it is actually harmful distracting to her prayer to have the 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 deacon door ajar a little bit so (laughs) the prayer is over i go and sit down to listen to the intentions and to pray and she goes from her spot at the canter stand walks up shuts it one centimeter and then and goes glares back, at you. Glares at me, and then <laughs> and then goes back to her candor stand. Um, so I just not gonna let it end there. Get up <laughs> from my seat in the altar, pr- crack it open again, <laughs> make sure it's a jar, and go back. And and sister is is right next to Mother Theodora, right next to the Hagumina. So she literally has to leave the candor stand with Mother, sh- shut the door, walk back. So I'm like, she's not gonna. I'm gonna win this one because I know she's not gonna come and do it again. I didn't really right think there. of it as you winning. I thought of it as me winning because I was the holier person who decided to not go back and close it again. Um. Yes. Okay. I still won, but I'll I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll let you be the holier person. <laughs> um. So okay. Now, what was your story? Okay. Oh, where we are? Yes. Yes. Where we are. So, in a spirit of guilelessness, I need to tell everyone. <laughs> And I also just want to share this story because it was just an incredible burn from Mother Gabriella. So shout out to Mother Gabriella for super burning me. I'm okay. still icing it. And a testament of your OCD, in other words. How is it a testament I of my totally OCD? I totally see your OCD in this, but go ahead and tell the story. In I'll this story? It. Yeah. Okay. So I have never experienced this before until I came to this monastery. But our mailing address is Burton, Ohio. Yes. But we don't live in Burton, Ohio. We live in Troy Township. And I don't even understand what that means. I don't I don't know how that works. Um, but it's not like the mailing address of a post office. It's the mailbox outside of our house. Yeah. The address is Burton, Ohio. Anyways, it's... If it makes you feel better, you've only been here five years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... And you're just learning this. <laughs> I mean, I had kind of heard it at one point, but it was just... I didn't understand it fully. I still don't understand it fully. But I was more told about it um, just a few nights ago. And so we had a we had a um, Presbyterian minister who was visiting us for Vespers and dinner, which was super beautiful. Um, shout out to him. I won't say his name because I don't know if he wants that, um, if he wants a public shout out. But... Uh, he was just really beautiful. He's having dinner with us. And then the the podcast comes up and we're talking about the podcast. And and then 
we're talking about somehow it comes up the the whole mailing address thing. And I realize that it's incorrect or imprecise or something to tell people that we live in Burton. And I said, I told thousands of people that we're, our monastery is in Burton, Ohio. I told thousands of people this and I'm freaking out because I said it on the podcast. I said it on my interview with Matt Frad and I just feel like I've lied to all these people unintentionally. And so I say three or four times, I told thousands of people that we live in Burton. And, and Mother Gabriella just responds. She says, Sister Natalia, your mom, your dad, and Angelo are not thousands of people. <laughs> and, which was just very funny. Um, so, and actually, Angelo doesn't listen to the podcast because he's eight, almost nine. <laughs> and so, it's actually probably just like we have two listeners. But We actually, when we use Buzzsprout, we can actually see how many listeners we have. That's true. So shout out to all the Protestants because you only pro- you only acknowledge the one one Presbyterian minister, and we always want to shout out all the Protestants. So are you making out- fun of me because of the podcast when I said shout out to all yes, Protestants? So okay. shout out to all Protestants and all of our <laughs> listeners um, because there are now about four thousand downloads a week. I, I hate that I care. I hate that I count, but I kind of count <laughs> and I kind of care. Um, it's just, it, we get sent it in an email. And we found out from that email that we're in the top 1% of Buzzsprout, of Buzzsprout podcasts. Buzzsprout podcasts, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how many people use Buzzsprout, so yeah. that might be utterly <laughs> unimpressive. But, um. Yeah, so thank you. Shout out to you. Pat yourself on the back for being one of our early listeners. I think we're, what, episode, this is going to be episode 13 or 14 or something? Anyway. I have no idea. So, um, how do we start? Oh. It's got to be an odd number, right? Because we've been taking turns and you started. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Wait, you, you have You just ex- need to be confident when you say these things. It's got to be an odd number and I will just nod and smile and <laughs> totally believe you. You haven't explained why um, we are within high-fiving distance because that's really oh. cool. So, um, I- The I short des- story. I decided to do something reckless and I was sitting Shocking. with a friend last Thursday- and uh, he, we should have him on one time to talk about the van story and his oh, conversion story and his parents' conversion story. And just everything. And everything. So anyway. He should, in fact, be a permanent member of the yeah. podcast <laughs> because he's incredible. And I love him. I so, love, can I say his Yeah, name? go ahead, Justin I Schneer. love Justin Schneer. Yeah. So Justin Schneer is, is actually, he and his wife do the theme song for us. They have a band called Hope and Justin. Anyway, I was sitting around their bonfire. If you saw, actually, you, you, some of you, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, would have seen this. So we, I posted the video of them playing our song or their song that we took over for our podcast. It's just one of their songs that I liked. Um, but uh, we put it on there. So Justin is, he and his wife are just hippies. It's beautifully Catholic hippies. And um, they have a daughter named Tree. <laughs> <laughs> and they have nine kids, they right? They have nine kids. Um, just amazing, amazing family. I would hang out with them as much as I can. And we were sitting around their bond, their uh, fire pit. And anyway, Justin has always wanted a van. We'll tell the van story some other time. Yes. But he's always wanted a van, like a camper van, like a Volkswagen camper van. Anyway, so one, after all these years, nine kids later, it might be possible to get a van, like a camper van that he can use as an office, which is amazing. And so anyway, to make a long story short, he finds one in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm going to fly to Nashville, drive it home, but I might actually drive to Steubenville. We're both alumni of Steubenville. And I'm just going to go see some friends at Steubenville first. So I said, and he's, he's, just, he's literally just going to do it like the, three days later on Monday. And I said, I'll take my day off and a Pustinia day, whatever. And I will, I'll fly out there with you and we'll drive from that Na- in your new camper van from Nashville. And if you could drop me off at Christ the Bridegroom, I'll surprise this in Italia. So and it all worked out very last minute. So I was able to... And nobody told me. Road trip. Nobody told her. No, road, rope tipped out here, surprised her in the chapel. Um, and it was, it was just, it was really cool. It was, totally it, was, cool. it was good. So anyway, so I brought all the podcasts like, so we could do another live one. Yeah. So I think, I, so I have a lot. Oh, this is your topic, technically. Yeah. So I shouldn't do the intro. Oh, so, well, what are you drinking first? I'm drinking my liquid IV, <laughs> <laughs> the, the salt sugar water stuff. Salt sugar but I'm water. drinking it in my water bottle with, um, I could talk about my stickers. That's fun. I have a jelly sticker. Shout out to Jelly in Denver. Yeah. Also Jelly, my goddaughter, yeah. but that's not the, yeah, Jelly restaurant. Um, and then um, inside the water bottle is an image of our Christ the Bedgroom icon and Pier Giorgio. That's Bay. Jesus is also <laughs> Bay, but he doesn't mind sharing. And another Pier Giorgio sticker. 
and a sticker from another podcast that you put on my water bottle knowing that it would upset me a couple I, years ago. I aggressively stuck a Catholic stuff you should know sticker on her water bottle. Yeah, while I was pumping gas. <laughs> aggressively just to I didn't keep to, it on there. I can't get it out. off. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so, yeah. um, what are you drinking? I'm drinking reheated coffee. So whatever, whatever you guys brewed in the monastery last night or this morning, I found it in there freezing cold and it's now afternoon, but I want to work coffee. So I put it in the microwave. Did you notice that I also gave you my Pier Giorgio mug to use? I do that. Because that's, that's a, how much I love you. A great sign of love. Mm-hmm. I get your Frasati mug. Okay. It was a great sign of love that I didn't give you the Raiders mug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done that in the past though. I so. know. <laughs> um, so I, I, I met Sister Natalia when she was Victoria in Denver and I was a Broncos fan, and she was, for some reason, a, a Raiders fan in Denver, Colorado. I didn't grow up there. I also didn't grow up in Oakland, exactly. so maybe that's irrelevant. But <laughs> <laughs> Now the Vegas Raiders fan. Okay, um, so. Can I give a shout-out first? Go ahead. Because it's a really important shout-out. Sure. Shout-out to Beth Alvord, mm. who is, she was, I'm pretty sure she was my first female friend in Ohio, which was just fun and exciting. And so she and I are really good friends. She's super beautiful. And she is now part of the podcast team. So she's taking care of um, some of the behind the scenes stuff, like the uh, when we make references in the podcast to books and things like that, she's making sure those are in the podcast notes so that people can see them and doing a little bit of the the logo artwork kind of thing for each episode, not the logo itself, things like that. So everything should be a little more structured from now on. That's what we're going for, at least. (laughs) Because I'm not at all. (laughs) Not part of my personality. But speaking of structure, one of the other things we do do is reflect upon the last podcast on this one. Um, so I know you have a couple things, sister, and um, this is my topic, but I actually decided that if we're going to do some reflections, longer reflections, what I know we're going to do today, I'm actually going to do my topic next time, but actually I'll kick it off. So this is what my topic's going to be, and this is why I thought of it uh, for whatever one I do next, the next one I, I lead. So you you mentioned when we when we were doing the, top, the topic of prayer, prayer for mm-hmm. each other, that sometimes... If you know somebody needs prayer, you'll actually incorporate their name into the Jesus prayer. Mm -hmm. So you'll say, um, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on... Father Michael, a sinner. Father Michael, a sinner, exactly. So you're praying for me. And and that phrase, because St. Paul says, Romans, everybody sins, we're all sinners. It's it's an interesting sin itself. And that's why I'm going to do a whole podcast on this. Sin itself is an interesting thing because we have kind of the Hebrew definition of sin from the Old Testament. We have a... The, the more Christ-like definition of sin. Oh, beautiful butterflies flying by. Yeah, we're sitting out here in like a cornfield in the behind, outside of the monastery and it's beautiful and there's in butterflies. In Troy Township. Troy Township, there's a plane flying by. You guys might hear um, the wheels of, uh, of Amish carts that drive by all yeah, day long. Yeah, the buggies. We're kind of on the other side, but uh, Perla. Um, so uh, then, so, but sin. So I'm gonna do a whole one on sin because the, the, way, that, the way that we process sin, acknowledge sin, want to know our sins, confess sins. Um, there's there's kind of, there's multiple Byzantine ways of doing that. And I kind of want to flesh those out and just talk about what sin is. Because I think the way that it's it's happening in my brain as I prepare, it's all about hope, which is of course what sin is supposed to end in. Sin, mm. sin, is, sin is an attack of the devil that we participate in, mm. but the devil has been conquered. Jesus Christ died and rose. And because of that sin, like death, is a transition. It's it's a thing of hope. We 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 do it. It's negative. It it leads to death. It leads to hell. But if if approached correctly and God's mercy is understood correctly, it always ends in hope, as everything in our Christian life, because of Jesus Christ does. So I want to do an entire podcast on it. But I wanted to mention two things that I'll I'll talk about last time. This is kind of a teaser. So we can say everybody sins. Saint Paul says everybody sins. And the first reason why we can say that is because one of the Eastern, there's, I'm, as I'm doing more research, I'm realizing there's obviously different perspectives of this. There's a lot, oftentimes in the in the Eastern Catholic churches, since there's so many of them and they're so geographically diverse, sometimes there's there's multiple um, multiple ways of looking at this that don't that don't uh, contradict each other. They're just different ways of kind of perceiving and looking at these things. So, so when it comes to confession, and I'll get into this more deeply next time. When it comes to confession. Um, we generally in the East, at least the way I was trained and the way I do it is I, when I confess sins in the mystery of penance that we call it, in the mystery of penance, the mystery of confession, when I confess 
sins, I confess sins that I did intentionally. Mm-hmm. And I also confess evil I caused that I did not mean to cause. Mm-hmm. Now, this is this, this scholasticism in the West um, would argue against this. Yeah. And so it's it's a subtlety that, that I want to do. I actually want to, I'm going to look up Thomas and things like that too to get some more information on it. But basically in the East, we, we say any evil I cause, whether I meant to or not, since sin ends in hope and since ends in he- and ends in healing mm-hmm. and healing from that sin because sin is I'll explain is is we see it as like a disease mm-hmm. um, more than like a uh, something I did wrong that, that I need to make up for you know it's a disease I need to be healed from mm-hmm. again these are over generalizations and I'll explain all that but there's something about I can confess sins um, evil I cause I did not mean to cause kind of a stereotypical example is if you sleepwalk and break something, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, you might say, that's not a sin. You were sleepwalking. And I go, right, but an evil was still caused. Somebody was hurt, especially if it wasn't my stuff or if it was me or an injustice was caused, a, a disorder that I caused by sleepwalking. So what's wrong with confessing it? What, what's wrong with, with asking to receive the grace of reordering things that God can do through through the mystery? And then also... Um, as I as I put the effort into the confession, and especially if I'm given a penance, um, I'll explain that too. In the Eastern churches, you don't always have a penance, um, but but most priests do give a penance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a there's also a a way of kind of making up for the for the lack of order, making up for the evil that I caused. So, in other words, everybody sins, but but there's however we define sin. But it's important for us, and you'll see this in the liturgy especially in the private priestly prayers, but it's, done, it's spoken out loud, out loud sometimes, is that the priests at the altar say, this sacrifice that we're now offering, this divine liturgy we're participating in the death and resurrection of Christ is for my sins and the people's failings. Mm-hmm. We use a different term for what I know I did and then for what I don't know somebody else's. So mm-hmm. it's actually a beautiful reser- reservation of judgment. So we're kind of, it, that seems like um, a contradiction that, that, we call sin evil done unintentionally, but we still change the word sin when talking about somebody else's sin. And what we're just doing here is we're being extra careful to say, I know everybody sins. I know I sin, and I know that I sinned intentionally and unintentionally, but I don't know if you sinned um, intentionally, but I do know you sin unintentionally because we all do. We all cause evil. Mm-hmm. And so there's this this beautiful acknowledgement of sin, of evil caused, of hope that comes from that sin, and then also a reservation of judgment of the other. Um, our, some of Many of our prayers are very beautiful about I will not judge others. Of course, that's in the scriptures, but it's a subtlety, right? We do need to judge in one way out of love. We do need to to say, I know that you cause evil, and I, I imagine that you you cause evil intentionally sometimes because we all do. So I'm, whenever I see something you're doing that is not helpful to you or others or to the body of Christ, I'm going to gently, lovingly call you out on it if it's my place. And if I know you well enough to, to do it in a way that's actually going to be effective rather than just condemning. And if I'm not mad at you, so I'm not doing it out of spite or anger or something, I don't want it to make you feel bad. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, that's what community and love does. But in another sense, we always are very, very careful, especially in the public language of the liturgy, to say that there, I don't know that you sin intentionally. So I'm not going to use the word sin when talking about what you do, but I'm still going to say this divine liturgy that we're celebrating um, heals and and gives you the grace to build you up so that I don't want to just say, well, I'm not going to include them in this in this prayer because I don't know they sin. No, I'm still going to say they sin intentionally and or unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And this divine liturgy heals and gives grace and hope even in those ways. I'm, I'm kind of confusing myself here too, but I, I, <laughs> I, th- I think you understand what I'm getting at here about this, this beautiful acknowledgement of sin, acknowledgement of evil, acknowledgement of hope, and a, a refusal to judge others because we don't know what's going on, the, on in their heart. Therefore, judgment is, is a very, very dangerous thing to do. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll leave it at that. The judgment is a very, very dangerous thing to do. If we judge, we are more likely sinning ourselves by judging somebody else mm-hmm. rather than actually helping them grow out of sin. And this is just something that it takes wisdom. It takes grace of God to do. I'll talk about that next time. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. And I'm really excited about that podcast because this is something that you and I have talked about often, even when I was looking for a new confessor. And so I was talking with you as my spiritual father, um, since you obviously can't be my confessor anymore since you live in California, but not Troy Township, Ohio. So, (laughs) but 
when when we were talking about who I was looking for in a confessor and I wanted to have the conversation with them beforehand about what I'm looking for in confession because, um, you know, most of the priests that I would go to here just because of numbers would be a Roman Catholic priest. And so, so I wanted to talk through with my new confessor kind of the Eastern view of confession and make sure that he was okay with all that. And, um, which he was, he's an incredible confessor and, and it's just been really beautiful. But so we've talked about this before about the, because primarily in the, in the East, possibly also in the West, I'm not saying, I, I don't really know about the theology or the, um, sacraments in the West as much, but in the East, the, the mystery of repentance or the, the mystery of confession is primarily a mystery of healing. Yeah. And so, which, which you mentioned, but I think it's, so, so it's, um, again, because we see sin as a sickness, as a disease, and there's that emphasis on that. So I, I have a lot of thoughts that I want to share about that, but I'll save them for the next podcast. Cool. Um, but one I'll share is, I was talking with someone about this recently because I'm reading a book by an Orthodox author about, I haven't finished the book, so I'm not going to necessarily name it yet because I don't know if I'll recommend it or not. But one of the very good things that she says, she's talking about sin and she says that there are sins that we have, again, Eastern author, there are sins that we have that there is not necessarily anyone to put the blame on. And, and so I think that's what you're, that's part of what you're talking about. Like, it's not an intentional thing. And so I was talking with a family member about this recently because they were, they were also fascinated by reading this. And they said, you know, I've never thought about the fact that there could be a sin that I've committed that I don't feel the guilt for Hmm. of, um, like in his mind, it was just always the guilt was indicative that he'd done something wrong, but maybe he's done something wrong and doesn't even realize it because he doesn't feel the guilt um, because there's not a particular blame. Um, and so, so anyways, there's a, there's a lot there that. And I actually think that this way of looking at it, the more I think and pray about it, it intentionally, the more I, I realize that looking at sin and confession and healing in this way, as much as on the surface, it may look like, well, that's just piling up more guilt because now I have to confess the sins that I didn't mean to commit. And isn't that just making me feel like a worse person? Mm-hmm. I actually think the opposite is true. I think it can be, and I'll explain it when I get the podcast, but it can actually be a freedom from that scrupulosity, a freedom from that shame, feelings of shame. And it can, it can be a sense of even a greater understanding of, of Jesus as merciful and what that means and how that should bring us joy. So I actually think that, Sometimes for, for many listeners and for me, um, understanding sin and, and in a sense adding to it, saying it's not only what I meant to do, but what I didn't mean to do, can actually be a freedom. And this can actually help as well. I hope I remember all this. <laughs> Beth, put it, put it on the list of things I need to talk about next time. <laughs> That's your job. That's your new job. Um, so, um, but Are we, I feel like we're just going to keep tacking on to Beth's job I know, throughout Beth, podcasts. Poor Beth. She doesn't even know what she's And we're only paying her, what, 25 an hour? <laughs> <laughs> I told her, did I tell you what I told her when no. I asked her to, I said- um, She's a volunteer. <laughs> yeah, I said, we- uh, I said, Beth, I have this opportunity for you to be part of the podcast team. We pay very well. (laughs) And I said, by very well, I mean that we don't pay anything. And so very well in the sense of like, blessed are the poor very well. Treasure Um, in heaven very well. Yeah, exactly. That's what I told her. I was like, (laughs) we are piling up treasures for you in heaven. So, and, but it can also, Beth, make sure I say this next time. It can also (laughs) actually help our understanding of natural disasters. In other words, Mm -hmm. when- Or covid COVID, exactly. Any, anything, any immense evil in the world, uh, sister and I just watched Calvary last night, that movie, oh. which is a, a, a heart-wrenching movie. And it, and it goes into- it goes We are into, not giving a blanket recommendation no, for that right no, no, now. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't. Be careful. Like, talk to someone who's seen that movie before you watch it or read, read a, a, a reflection on, online or whatever before you watch it. Because it's it's going to be a hard, It was very cathartic for me, a priest, but it can be, it, it can be heart-wrenching. Um, I, I have, haven't watched it for years because you told me years ago, if you watch this movie, yeah. the first time you watch it should be with me. And yeah. I'm very grateful for that. I wanted like, to like yeah. make sure that you were prepared and also <laughs> could could digest and process it when you were done, yeah. which we're still kind of doing. But um, but th- that movie gets in a little bit of, a, li- about, a little about this. The priest gets attacked for his because his faith cannot explain 
these horrible, horrible things that happen mm-hmm. in the world. But I also think uh, a, a reanalysis of 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 unintended evil caused by someone that is sin and that can be can be brought to confession. You don't always need to do that, by the way, but it can be done. Um, then that can actually explain the evil in the world because of ancestral sin, the evil in the world that, that we experience that doesn't have a, a, an, an obvious cause. It's, it is an evil. It's a natural disaster or COVID or whatever, but there's a way of, of being more at peace and seeing hope in it if we understand sin and evil and confession in this way, which, which has deep, deep, deep Eastern Catholic roots, Eastern mm-hmm. Christian roots, yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited for that. So we, Me too. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Um, I am glad you mentioned the scrupulosity thing. And so please, anyone who's listening to this, um, do listen to the podcast that we do on um, on sin because or confession or whatever the topic ends up being because I think it's important to flesh out those nuances that you're making yeah. um, because it can be, on first hearing, it can be a temptation to scrupulosity said as like one of the most scrupulous people that I know. <laughs> yeah. um, and and I know, just kidding. <laughs> um, you are not kidding. <laughs> You've been trying to get rid of my scrupulosity for 10 years. There have been huge strides. But see, this that's why I was joking earlier. The scrupulosity is like, I would have no problem saying I live in, like if I lived, if I lived in San Bernardino, I would have no problem saying I live in LA. And they are hours from each other. Are you serious? I am totally serious. I would have no problem. That, that, that would not seem like a lie to me. That is literally giving people a general orientation because do you know where San Bernardino is? It, no. See? But, but you know where LA is. But you is. can say it without lying. You can say, I live near LA. It, that's what I'm saying. To me, that's not a lie. It's, it's I, literally. <laughs> I think precision of language is vastly underrated in our society. I do too. And I do, don't put that on me. I, I, <laughs> I believe the precision language is incredibly important, but it's one of those things where, anyway, okay, we, we've talked our, about this for years. But what's our time? Because I don't have a view of the time. Um, I keep on putting these little marks because that's the only way I know to turn it on. We're at 27 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and what, what is your reflections from last time, sister? Okay. Well, I mean, we already did like a little bit of your topic and so we it's did. not just 27 minutes of... I'm feeling a little self-conscious about, I don't want to make people angry. Anyways, so, (laughs) um, which is just kind of how I live my life probably too often. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so things from last time. One is, so just as a reminder, well, what order should I go in? So last, I'm getting confused because we released two podcasts. We recorded two podcasts at once. So we were <laughs> we recorded two podcasts at once. <laughs> we're not going to explain what just happened. <laughs> so the first one, I'll reflect on the first one first, which was would have been yours. Okay. Which was about the cro- bearing the cross of loved having a loved one leave the church. Mm, okay. And we were talking about being a soft landing pad and things like that. And one of the things I wanted to mention is before that, even a clarification or further information, we said something on one of the podcasts we were recording on dormition or in the post feast of dormition or something. Okay. And so we were talking about the differences between East and West and both admitting that we don't really know all of the history there. Mm-hmm. Um, a particular priest reached out to me after listening to it, and I won't say who the priest was, um, but only for fear of mockery from you. But he, <laughs> <laughs> he reached out and TC. wanted... <laughs> Shout out to T- Father TC. So <laughs> he wanted to say, um, first of all, that um, we were right about the... Um, he thinks that we were right about... He told me to research this more before I just said it on the podcast and I didn't, so whoops. <laughs> um, but that he thinks we were mostly right about the whole thing about art um, the transition in the art in the West oh. of um, changing to be not so much Mary um, on the burial shroud, but more Mary um, or death, Jesus holding her soul, so on and so forth, but um, the the assumption part of it. Right. Um, however, this particular priest who is going unnamed um, went to college seminary at Conception Abbey mm-hmm. in Conception, Missouri. And he said that they have a mural, I think I think he said a mural, um, of 
Mary um, at her death, maybe burial shroud or something like that. And it was in like the 1800s or something. Hmm. So that's, that's very cool. One of my favorite, my new favorite, and I forget who sent this to me, my new favorite painting, Western style, like, Western painting that's mm-hmm. that's beautiful and just very realistic. We in the East don't do realistic paintings for a very good reason. We'll get to that one day too. But a very realistic painting of the angels, four angels carrying Mary's body in in like a blanket. And it's, mm. oh my God, it is so beautiful. It's so realistic. And the, the look on Mary's face is you don't know if she's dead or sleeping, which I think is the oh, entire intention. That's amazing. She's laying there and she's got a, a, bit of a, a bit of a smile on her face and the angels are just ecstatic with carrying her body to heaven. And I, I love that, that, that it just, I, I'll look it up and I'll post it on the, on the social media, but it's, it's, it's just a Western painting of the assumption and it is absolutely gorgeous. And somebody sent it to me and I'm just looking at it and saying, I could because have that. Because of the podcast? Probably. I don't oh, remember. Nice. But like, th- I could have that painting on my wall mm-hmm. and I could have it somewhere where I pray. Mm. It was just something I could look at for the rest of my life. By the way, there's another painting. I'll find it too, Perla. Sorry. Um, there's another painting that Father Joel Barstat, um, who you and I know very I well. I love Father, Father Joel's Joel. amazing. Oh, he's such a good man. He's now the human, for- he's now the human formator at our, at our seminary in Pittsburgh, at our Byzantine seminary. But he has a painting that I've seen other places, but it, he, his was so big on the wall that I just looked at it differently. Mm. And it's this beautiful, realistic painting of, many of you have probably seen it, of Peter and John running to the tomb on the day of the resurrection. Mm. Have you seen this one? Um, oh my gosh. I'm not sure. The looks on their faces, uh-huh. I'll, I'll show you on my phone afterwards. Okay, the great. looks on their faces are like anticipation, fear, joy, like all, all, of, the, all of the roller coaster emotions that come with the resurrection are, are all being, are all shown on this painting, like, and it's just a close-up of the, of the two of their faces as they're running to the tomb. From that passage in John, where um, Peter and John run to the tomb, and, and uh, John gets there first, so Peter yeah, runs yeah. in. Um, anyway, I, I'll show it to you too. Th- these are these are beautiful examples, some of the best Western art I've ever seen in my life. And uh, both of these, I could put my icon corner, even though they're not icons. Mm-hmm. They're so beautiful. He also, this priest was saying that. You can he- say Father Travis Crotty. <laughs> 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 well, I guess I also. Okay, so this is only Father Travis telling me um, like what he remembers, but he hasn't he hasn't done the research in a while either. So, but he said he remembered something from a class about um, he thinks that the West also celebrated Dormition um, all the way up until the release of from Pope Pius the twelfth okay. <laughs> on the dogma of the Assumption. Ah, okay. He said something ex cathedra. I don't even know if that's he how you did. Say it's that. He did. At, 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 at the, the moment of her death, I think it was, or at the moment, I think it was at the moment. I like, okay. so you can interpret it as she actually died, which is what the Eastern, interpre- which is what the Eastern mm-hmm. interpretation is, or just at the moment of her death, like right before she died, her body mm-hmm. was taken up to heaven as well. Sure. So you, you can, in, so in either, the Roman Catholic Church, you can believe either of those. Yes, you can believe either you're still in union with the church, all of that, um, in union with Rome. And um, I did make fun of Father Travis because when he when he sent this to me, he sent it in a Facebook message, and he um, it was maybe autocorrect, but instead of Pius, it came out Prius the twelfth. I was like, <laughs> oh, we have a car named after that guy. Um, so, anyways, I teased him for that. It's not really a car; it's more like an escape pod. But go ahead. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyways, that's the thing about the Dormition. But I wanted to say one thing about. I remembered, so I I came across in a book that I was reading, I came across just a really beautiful passage a couple years ago and I made a copy of it because I was like, I know that I'm going to want to use this passage in a talk that I give sometime. I don't know when, I don't know what talk, but then I was looking through my stuff uh, just last week and I was like, oh my gosh, this exactly applies to what Father Michael was saying on the last topic. Um, So I wanted to share that. So again, since we got so sidetracked, um, Perla and Cowboy and all of the squirrels. The the topic was about um, having loved ones who have lost, who have left the church, and how specifically this is in reference. What I'm sharing is in reference to we were talking about that we need to not water down our teachings. We need to not just allow people to be in serious sin 
um, just because we don't want to offend them or something like that. But we also need to be a soft landing for them when they come back. So this book is from a novel called... um, it's called Death in the Shadows, but it's a it's a mystery. Um, it's a series about a priest called Father Gilbert. It's called the Father Gilbert series, written by a former, I want to say Anglican, and I think he was Anglican when he wrote this. He's now Catholic. His name is Paul McCusker. Shout out to all the Protestants. Shout out to all the Protestants. <laughs> um, and But Paul McCusker is just, yeah, he's um, written some really great things. So... This priest used to be um, a detective with the Scotland Yard, and now he's uh, a priest. Um, so he's at, in this, in this passage, he's on a panel, and he's, in, ref, in, in response to something someone else says, he says, what we call compassion is mostly mindless affirmation. And then there's, there's some kickback from the other panelists, and they're upset by this, and, they, and one of them says, what's wrong with affirmation? And I wanted to share Father Gilbert's response because I think it's, it's just perfect. Nothing, unless we're affirming the wrong things. Jesus didn't meet people where they were to leave them in that state. He didn't affirm who they were. He affirmed who they could become if they would trust him. There's nothing compassionate about affirming people in their conditions. He looked over the audience again. Don't you see? We're like lifeguards with rescue apparatus who are affirming people while they drown or emancipators dangling the keys to freedom while we affirm slaves in their chains or doctors with a cure who affirm sick patients in their disease. Show me where Jesus ever did that. On the contrary, he exposed their true conditions, their slavery and sickness to bring them to the truth. He suffered the tortures of the cross to save them from all the things we now affirm and to save us now. If you want to talk about unity and compassion, then let's talk about that and then do something that truly helps people. I love that. Let's talk about affirmation first as something separate and unique. What was it? Unity and compassion? Yeah. Let's talk about unity and compassion as, as a, and then say that's one topic that I think is important to talk about now because we need affirming. We need to be affirming and gentle and be people where they are. And then, but compassion what does compassion mean you know what the root is to suffer with to suffer with so mm-hmm. and that that reminds me it's beautiful this this blew my mind so when i became a companion companions of christ are a uh, priestly fraternity in uh minneapolis st paul and now in denver it might be in another place i don't want to mention it though just in case it's not fully established yet canonically but um i wanted to be in la one day now that i'm there but um it's in in our in our rule which you, you can you can look up denver companions of christ and find our rule which is a gorgeous gorgeous rule uh, just find our website. But it's a rule of life that we all wanted to live as diocesan priests, 99% Roman Catholic. All my friends are Roman Catholic. I was the only Byzantine one in Denver. But um, it defines, it defines based upon the etymology of the words, tolerance and respect. And, and within our priestly fraternity, we wanted to have tolerance and respect for each other among many other things. But tolerance and respect. Tolerance, if you, if you look at the orig- original Latin root, um, they, the, our rule defines it as carrying with. So in other words, carrying somebody's burdens with them. So if I, if I'm a tolerant person and tolerance, that word gets thrown around all the time nowadays, and it needs to be rightly understood. Um, Archbishop Chaput has a, has a, a beautiful quote and I'm going to butcher it right now, but uh, you can, it's on all kinds of memes now. Um, thank God. But Archbishop Chaput says evil preaches tolerance until what is this? Oh man. Evil preaches tolerance. I'm, I'll, I'll find it. Evil preaches tolerance until it wins and then it destroys, in other words, with this. So, so. Yeah, this is like a modern take on the whole. Um, the devil likes to, this might be Augustine. I probably shouldn't have said that because I have no idea who said this, but the whole, the devil likes to minimize our sins until we commit them yeah. and then maximize them yep. afterwards to make us feel the shame. Yep, exactly. And so it's, so tolerance rather than saying, I'm just going to, I'm going to live with your sins. I'm going to live with your weaknesses. I'm going to live with your issues says, I'm not, I'm not going to live with them. I'm going to carry them with you. So it's literally the carrying of somebody else's cross with them, helping them with their burdens. Mm-hmm. So if, if I, if I'm living in tolerance with my community, and I, my, my job is not to, again, to minimize their issues, but to assist them in carrying them. 
So that that's the that's what ta- the true meaning of tolerance is. So we should absolutely have tolerance. Therefore, we should be willing as Christians to carry each other's burdens, and then this, then re- respect. The root mm-hmm. is respectare, so to look again. So mm. respect someone means that that even if you do something that frustrates me, angers me, something I think is wrong, something that annoys me, I'm going to look again. I respect you so much, Father Michael. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> After that, I, I feel a little bit offended by it. Um, so in other words, respect me, respecting in its truest meaning, speaking of... Um, the right meaning of words. As I, was, I was thinking of that as you were speaking. I'm like, see, precision of language. Precision of language. So when we respect someone, it means that we we, we are willing to look again. In other words, it's the exact opposite of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Cancel culture is you do one thing. You heard of cancel culture? You live no, in monastery. I just okay. pretended like I did. So, <laughs> cancel culture is a new thing. It's especially on social media where somebody does one thing one time that offends somebody and and they try to, then those who are offended by it try to cancel them. In other words, this person should never be listened to again. Oh, sure. Um, they've lost all respect. I have, I've lost all respect to them and I will not have respect. I will not look again. Um, and the res- respectari looking again is the opposite. If I respect you enough, even if you do something once that offends me, I respect you enough to look again. I'm, go- I'm going to look for the good. I'm going to I'm going to find what you, re- I'm going to ask you, is that what you really meant? Can you explain it deeper? You know, mm-hmm. this just happened last night um, with the, uh, with the, I don't want to get too much too into the politics of it, but um, the, the lead singer of uh, 21 Pilots, right? He, he pretty much, they were asking him to use his platform, his massive social media following on Twitter. They, the people were bugging him. Hey, you need, you need to talk about this issue. You need to talk about this, talk about this issue. So as a joke, he put a picture of him in platform shoes. Oh, and, that's funny. And, and said, I'm using my platforms. And he just showed, showed his platform shoes. Well, people got really offended by this and many people tried to cancel him. Right, wow. saying like I'm, I'm never, I'm never listening to Twenty One again. I'm unfollowing him. I'm never going to listen. Another thing mm. he says, that's cancel culture. He made a mistake, and and, and I'm, I'm never listening listening to him again. Now there's subtleties here. I'm not going to go into them, but that that's exactly what this is. Respect is the opposite of cancel culture. It is I'm going to look again, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an opportunity to show your true self, not just in one moment, but in in in, in multiple moments. So that after a period of time, then I will see who you who you really are. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you more chances than one to reveal your true self, what you really think. And um, this is kind of a three strikes you're out thing, right? That, that was a big thing in the 80s, you know. Um, I think it was Reagan, what, three strikes. And there was, if you, you can actually get arrested for, I think it was regarding the war on drugs. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. But if you, in other words, you, you, might, you might get busted once for possession, you can even get busted a second time for possession. And, and, and each time, it, it's gonna, the punishment is going to be a little bit worse but the third time you're done. Like we've given you two chances, three strikes, you're out. In other words, not now we're going to throw the book at you. Mm. And, and you're going to probably be suffering, well, probably, you know, it goes from mis- misdemeanor um, up to a felony, something like that. So that, that's kind of what this is. So respect, the true meaning of respect means I'm always going to look, I love you enough or I respect you enough to look again and give you another chance to reveal your true self, give you time to reveal your true self. And compassion, the true meaning of that is to, to suffer, suffer with. with. Which is very similar to tolerance. Right. But where, where, like, I suffer with you, I carry your cross with you. Same thing with empathy. That's what empathy is. Mm-hmm. I have a great friend in LA who, she and I got in a big debate about, about what empathy is. In other words, um, her argument was, I don't want to burden people with my issues because I don't want to force them into suffering because of me. And I was saying, empathy doesn't always mean suffering. It, it, it means it means a Christian aspect of sacrifice. Burden means that sacrifice is transferred into. So a, if if somebody's a burden to me, I can either whine about it, complain about it, and say this person merely brings me suffering, or in a Christian mindset, I can say you're a burden to me, and you are provi- by being a burden to me, I embrace your burden. It is a cross. I carry it, and therefore I turn the suffering that is the burden into sacrifice, and sacrifice becomes love. Mm. So when, when someone's a burden to me, I can either say it's only about suffering and I don't like this, or I can say I appreciate you being a burden to me because you're giving me an opportunity to love. To and love that can you. actually bring joy. Exactly. Yeah. It does. Love always brings joy if, mm-hmm. if properly understood. So. So yes, all of this kind of fits together in this way of when we interact with people, even if we disagree with them politically, even if we disagree with them, um, you know, uh, some of the most substantial issues that we may be having, respect, tolerance, compassion, empathy, all of those things allow people with very, very different views to remain in Christian community because we are all sinners. 
to go back to the uh, initial thought. We are all sinners and we are all moving in the same direction. This is why the body of a church, east and west, comes from the, the Greek word nave, which which touches on on your family history, right? Navy. Mm-hmm. And it, we're all in the same boat. We're all moving in the same direction. That's why we, in the east, treasure praying ad orientum. Because when, you, when the priest stands facing the same direction as the people, it becomes very, very obvious that as he's celebrating the liturgy of the mass, he is, he is, it's, it's another sign symbol. That's another tangible sensory manifestation that he is also a sinner. He is also being healed and we're all moving in the same direction. We're all in the same boat and every boat, of course, you're moving in the same direction. So mm. I um, talk too much. I need you to talk some now. No, this is, okay. I mean, this is technically <laughs> your topic. No, so it's okay for you to talk a lot. Okay. Thank you. And, you're so affirming. And, <laughs> but affirming you're, in you're the right way, right? You're tolerating me right now. You're, no. You're this burden with me. No, I think that you have really great things to say, and I wouldn't mind if you just talk for the whole podcast. I'm being intentionally hard on myself right now. I'm going to stop doing that because I don't like what you do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to stop doing it's what I don't like when you do. Exactly. Okay. So um, that's, that's great. And we, yeah, I just, gosh, yeah, we, we really need to talk have a whole podcast one time on misplaced compassion because that's yeah. that's a thing. So the the other two comments I had reflections on the last podcast were on my podcast. So mine was on um fasting and prayer and how do we pray for other people? Um like when someone says, "Can you pray for me?" what is that? So we we talked about some of the really practical tips for that and and I talked about prayer and fasting within that. And there's something I want to say about each of those. One is that I didn't mention when I fast for people, even if it's a a small fast, um, say I'm going to, I know someone's having a surgery today. Um, and I am just going to fast from all drinks except for water. Right. And maybe a cup of coffee so I don't get a migraine, but then one of the beauties of this for me is it's not it's not just a matter of like there's this balance out there and so if i'm giving something up then jesus will will take that and assign it to this other place like that's that's not that's not really the purpose of fasting right <laughs> um but one of one of the things that i find most fruitful in fasting for people is it is a reminder to me to then pray for them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something that keeps them on my heart um, all day. And so if I'm like craving a cup of tea or something and I go to get a cup of tea out of the cabinet and then I remember, oh no, I'm not drinking tea today. I'm only drinking water because of this person. And so then I, in that moment, can say a prayer for them. Yep. And so that's one of the great benefits, I think, to fasting, aside from all the other things that we've talked about of just like the discipline and the asceticism and, and all of that. Um, so I wanted to mention that. And then I have a story about prayer. Do you have anything about what I just said about fasting? Um, I do, just something something light. The I just want to reiterate something again, and this because it sounds it can sound bad if it's misunderstood. But the most important thing you can do for anybody else in your life is to make sure that you are right with God. The mm, best thing yeah, you can do absolutely. for your spouse is to be holy. The best thing you do for your children is to be holy. The best thing you can do for starving kids around the world is to be holy. The best thing you can do for anybody is to make sure that, that, that you are undergoing theosis. <coughs> Excuse me. You are, man, um, that you, you, are, you are receiving the grace of God as he gives it and responding to it with faith. And, and then you become holy, you, 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 continue in your in your ever growing communion and union with God and as selfish as that can sound if misunderstood it's the best thing you can do so you, there doesn't need to be any I mean what you said was beautiful but even just when I fast I I am I am separating myself from the control of my own life fasting is an act of surrender of I'm not grasping at the luxuries of this world I am I am actually separating myself from them so I don't depend upon them and and in doing that I am more open to Christ guiding my life and Christ giving me what I need rather than me reaching out and grasping what I need and in that way I become more dependent upon God therefore I open myself to his grace therefore he fills me with it therefore his grace is himself that's what grace is it's the presence of God he I I, I become more in union with him therefore I become holier I am now um, preparing for heaven and that eternal reality of union with him and as I do that, then I am helping everybody else. 
especially within the body of Christ, but everybody else. That bug really likes you. I know it's a it's a bee. It's like the world's tiniest it's a bee. Baby bee. Sister Petra calls them sweat bees. I've never, I've never. Did heard. she make that up or? Well, she said that's what they called them growing up, so it might be a real thing. Sorry for those of you coming in late. I don't know why you would come in late, but we're. Uh, <laughs> this is a recording. For those podcast. of you who are zoning out at the beginning because <laughs> exactly. you don't want to listen to our banter. <laughs> um, we're sitting outside. Yes. And we're Can you hear? You're the one with the headphones on. Can you like hear that? Is that the cicadas? Is that I can definitely hear bugs, but I can't tell if it's through my headphones or not. But oh. I think it must be because these are pretty good headphones. Yeah. So yeah, I can hear bugs. Hi, bugs. I think they're cicadas. We're being very, look at the hawk. Oh, man. Two hawks. People will, if you, if you go on our Facebook page or Instagram, or are those, <laughs> is there anything else? And one of these days, Twitter. You can follow and my one of these days, Twitter. Twitter. You'll be able to maybe see a picture of where we're recording because we're going to go get a nun to take a picture of us yeah. soon. Um, okay, anyways, uh, so many squirrels. The, so fasting. And then the other... the other Real quick, for yeah. those of you, those that don't know, Squirrel is from a movie... Called Up. <laughs> called Up. And the dog, right? They don't yeah. they, they put on this thing. This is a I squirrel, I think his name is Doug. The dog named Doug. If that's, I don't know. But, um, but they put this thing where they can understand what he's saying. And at one point, he just gets distracted by squirrels, like physical squirrels, like every dog does. So it became a cultural thing. You're a nun. I'm glad you know this, though. You're, up you're, you're was in your definitely bubble. before okay. answered. Up was before answered. So, so squirrel is a sign for we got off track, which you obviously, we obviously do a lot. I'm not a big fan of that, but it happens. So we've decided to name our squirrels after the two first people that, that called us out on it. And mine was Perla, my friend Perla. And mine was a guy named Cowboy. Who's a near parishioner of mine. Hmm. He comes to my parish every Sunday now so so um reigning in the squirrels or letting them go off and do their own thing um i wanted to say something and this was the last comment i have which is probably good because we're probably going on time but it's fine okay the i should be the one watching this i'm not you (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be like a three hour long podcast because father michael's the one keeping an eye on time the next one we record i'm gonna do a stopwatch on my watch so that i can also see (laughs) so I wanted to say something about prayer when we're praying for others. And it's very similar to what you were just saying of like the best thing that we can do for others ultimately is um, to become holy ourselves, to be deified um, ourselves and deification becoming like God, another Greek word. That's Greek, yeah? Mm-hmm. For okay. theosis, same meaning. Yeah. Um, is, again, that's most important. There, there are other aspects of doing right like (laughs) of course but I want to share a story I have permission from the people to tell the story um of a moment that praying for someone else was very profound for me um in my own in my own growth and holiness so shout out to Steve and Melissa Davies nice yeah another helper in the podcast he's Steve's our editor yeah um amazing family but I met them for the first time at a at a conference, it wasn't a conference, a convocation, young adult convocation um, in New York City that one of the other nuns was speaking at. So I went along with her because we try to go in twos when when one of the nuns is giving a talk so the other can be praying for them during their talk. So, and just because the apostles went out in twos and so on and so forth. So we're at this convocation and I share a story with Steve and Melissa about, it's it's a long story and I'm not gonna tell it now, um, but it, it, it was about um, something that I had prayed for a friend, who was, um, a friend who was pregnant. And so because of that, they were very moved by this story. And so they asked me at the end of the convocation, Melissa's pregnant at the time. And so they asked me if I'll pray over the baby. Um, and so I said, I said, sure. And I said, is it okay if I put my hands on your belly? Because um, I don't know, some people are probably weirded out by that. Always ask. Yes, yeah. always ask. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's probably less weird for me because I'm a woman, but yeah. it's still just always ask. Um, and so they said, yeah, of course. So I put my, I put my hands on Melissa's beautiful baby belly um, and I start the prayer Something like, um, Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of, of Steve and Melissa and for their, their beautiful marriage and their witness to the Catholic Church um, and, and to 
to great faith and hope. And I, I don't remember at this point what I prayed, but then I said, I ask that you send your Holy Spirit down upon Stephen Melissa and upon the baby in her womb. And then as soon as I say this, the baby starts going crazy, like kicking and flipping and all of these things. I don't think you actually flip in the womb, but anyways, all of these things. And, um, and so then the entire prayer, the baby's going nuts. (laughs) And then, and then I end the prayer with, you know, like, I pray this through the intercession of St. Therese because they have a, a great devotion to St. Therese. Um, Blessed Pierre Giorgio. I don't know all the saints that I that I thought of um, that came on my heart. Um, and through the prayers of the Most Holy Theotokos for you, gracious, and you love mankind. Amen. Baby stops moving. Wow. Um, and... And so when the baby starts moving, Melissa's eyes get huge and she's looking at me. And, um, and then as soon as I'm done, she's just like, did you feel that? And I was like, um, yeah, it was incredible. (laughs) And so beautiful moment of prayer. That's great. But what I wanted to share is I then was praying with it. Um, because the moment was profound for me in, I felt like Mary, the Theotokos going to visit Elizabeth Mm. and, and John the Baptist leaping in her womb. Um, because, because Jesus Christ, the Messiah is in the womb of the Theotokos when she visits Elizabeth. And so it was this moment for me of realizing that each time, if, if we encounter someone and we're really bringing Christ to them, then we are in this way, like participating in, we're participating in salvation in some way. We are, we are, bringing Christ into the moment. Christ is there. We're opening the door for him to um, to really be incarnate in whatever this situation is. And so it was this this moment for me of of realizing like this call that we all have to be the Theotokos, this, this call that we have to bear Christ within our wombs, male and female. Um, and like we use this this imagery in, in scripture, right? We... Um, we talk about um, the stretching of the womb and the circumcision of the heart and things like this. Like we have these mixed metaphors for both men and women. And so, um, yeah, it was just this profound moment of prayer for me um, that came from from praying for and giving myself to them. And where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. Mm-hmm. So if, if with you, you praying, you're obviously gathered in his name because that's, that assumes prayer. And when you, you and there's, well, four of you there, Steve, Melissa, Maria in the womb and you. Yeah, now Maria, Maria Rose. Maria Shout Rose out to. Maria Rose just took her first steps and we, oh, saw, we saw it on a video. Yeah, um, Steve sent us a video of it. So the, uh, so yeah, we're two or they three in my a name. a cute baby. Yes, she is did. so, I mean, they're to- both totally gorgeous. Totally expected, so, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're two or three in my name, there I am with you. And so there's, by the way, all you pregnant mamas, you have two it, the baby's not baptized yet, obviously, but it's, you're still there, another second person in his name. When you pray, pregnant mamas, you, you have, in a sense, a, a deeper moment of prayer, I would argue, mm-hmm. than, than those of us who are kind of in our monastic and our cells, praying mm-hmm. alone. Um, because uh, because you have the baby there, and the baby is so innocent to be. Anyway, I don't want to over-pietize it, but it's it can be a really beautiful thing. That's why I, I realize one of the reasons why I like holding babies so much. Like mm. you just, you walk around holding baby and there's all of a sudden two there and yeah. we're two or three are my name. So, so yeah. Okay. That's what That's I wanted to say. That's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I had. Do you want to I'm good. I'm, I think that was a good one Okay. for being totally random and not having a topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a tip or intention? I think you're supposed to start because it's oh. your episode. Okay. Um, we're going to do that's a first OCD thing then. to come to mind then. Um, let's pray for, uh, let me expand it beyond this. Let's pray for everybody that made this week of mine so beautiful, mm. just because they came to mind. So, uh, Justin Chenier and his family, who I road tripped with, uh, Andrew Whaley, who, uh, set up the meeting, uh, s- surprised me. I surprised you, um, surprised, um, surprised me with himself, Andrew Whaley and the Decker family. Uh, John and Lisa Leyendecker and their nine children. Uh, we all, the three of us, uh, Andrew Whaley, Justin Schneer, and I all crashed in their basement. Um, and beautiful family lives in Cincinnati. 
and uh, or outside of Cincinnati, sister. Mm-hmm. They don't actually live in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> in a suburb of Cincinnati. <laughs> they live in Cincinnati. Um, and it was just, it was an amazing night. Um, they cooked us. Um, it's it's a Midwestern thing. that You have a three-way, four-way, five-way. It's like what you eat. So it's, it's spaghetti with... Greek chili, like sweet Greek chili. Hmm. And then, um, and it's, it's, oh my gosh, why don't I prepare these things? Uh, Speedway chili? I think it's called Speedway chili, made by this place called Speedway in Cincinnati. I might get that wrong. And then, so you put that, and so we had those three things, and then I sent a picture of it to Father Nathan Goebel, my old podcast co-host, because he loves this stuff, but he says, he texted back, said it should have had uh, onions on it chopped onions now if you put chopped onions on it then i guess that's that because a four-way and then, <laughs> then then you have if you add i think sprinkled cheese on top then that's so it's this midwestern thing with speedway chili i think mm. speedway um so we had that that night and then we I've had heard of cincinnati chili before that's probably it okay and then and then I think there's like cinnamon in it or something really strange so that's in the chili itself yeah yeah so it's 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 it's, it's a the way john explained it, it's, a, it's a greek thing and they, huh. they put it's like a greek style chili that's the way he described it and it has a little sweetness and probably uh-huh. cinnamon in it too um, and then we had Grater's ice cream. You ever heard of Grater's ice cream? No. It's just anything too. They they Not somehow kettle something, kettle bake, kettle cook, kettle melt chocolate so that it stays soft. Huh. And then you put chocolate, like massive slabs of chili? chocolate. Oh no, no, no ice no, cream. No, in the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> We've moved on. Um, you, you put this soft chocolate into the ice cream and it stays soft. So like, it's almost like putting like you put... Um, Hershey syrup on top, uh-huh. but it gets hard uh-huh. generally. And this like stays this kind of soft, but it's just amazing. Um, yeah. Okay, this is your prayer Texture. intention. <laughs> I know you really love ice cream. My, <laughs> so pray for greater chili, no, greater ice cream. No, pray for, so Justin Schneider's family, Andrew Whaley, who assisted in the surprise of the Lion Deckers where we stayed that night. John and Lisa Leindecker and their amazing family. We had we had a smoke and a drink that night, got up in the morning, had an amazing breakfast, and then came here. Hmm. That was my morning. So pray for all of them, if you would. Schneer, Whaley, Leindecker. I just realized that the extent to which I overuse the word beautiful, um, I think your word is amazing. <laughs> I'm I'm constantly we need to expand our vocabulary. I'm glad I'm glad we know these things about each other because I amazing is a um it's just a not very descriptive word. Neither is I'd, beautiful. I, I, no, but beautiful is a beautiful word. It is. <laughs> okay. So uh, anyway, I'll try to think of something else. Okay. That's gravitas. I'm going to give my prayer intention, <laughs> which I wrote down in my notebook that you made fun of me for. <laughs> um, shout out to Cassie Pease, who's um, the design on the front of this notebook. I talked about it on the last podcast. It's the notebook with St. John Paul II on it. Um, nice. And... I love St. John Paul II and I love Cassie Pease. So what does the quote say, John Paul II? Life with Christ is a wonderful adventure, mm-hmm. which I agree. You and I have talked about that before, about like praying with how um, our vocation is an adventure. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, but CassiePeaseDesigns.com, Cassie Pease is a really brilliant and beautiful Catholic artist. She's not my prayer Amazing. intention, but you can pray for her. <laughs> my intention is a man named Brody. So I didn't tell you this story, Father Michael, but a couple of weeks ago, I was with another nun for an appointment in Akron, Ohio, which is about an hour from here. So we're an hour away from home and I'm going grocery shopping while she's in her appointment. And nine o'clock at night, the grocery store is closed. I'm out at my car. I don't have my keys and I can't find my car keys anywhere. And so I kid you. So I, I, I go, I go back to Giant Eagle and I say like, I can't find my keys. And so I retrace my steps. I look in the bathroom where I like everything and they are nowhere to be found. And I don't even know if we have spare keys. Even if we do, it's an hour away. And so we're looking for an hour. It's almost 10 o'clock at night. And, um, this, this man named Brody works for Giant Eagle in Akron and he, stays like even though they're closed and he's uh-huh. looking for my keys he probably like just doesn't want to leave this woman with a weird head covering stranded <laughs> um in the parking lot but um the other nun someone else gave her a ride to me because I can't pick her up from her appointment yep. and and so we are just about to give up we're about to get someone to give us a ride home or like try to figure something out because if a nun comes get us we're not going to be back until 11 because it's an hour away and so on and so forth and then Brody comes out of the store. He's so excited. He's holding the keys. Wow. And he's been searching this whole time. 
And here's the thing. So the keys, because I was trying to figure out, I was like, how, how did I not hear them fall out of my pocket? How, like, how do you not hear keys hit the ground? And what had happened was the lanyard of the keys was hanging out of my pocket. As I was walking past a display, the display caught the lanyard. And so he just found them dangling on a display at the end of the aisle. And I was, I was just so relieved when he came out and I wanted to hug him, but COVID. And so I said, <laughs> I said something very awkward about how like every part of my heart wants to give you the biggest hug I've ever given anyone right now. And like, I'm just awkward and that's fine. But <laughs> then I, I said that. And then I said, I can't hug you, but... I promise to pray for you for the rest of my life. And Father Michael, you know me and you know that I'm now going to pray for Brody yep. for the rest of my life. And so now um, our thousands of listeners or maybe just my mom, my dad, and Angelo um, are also going to pray for Brody. So that's Love my intention. It. Love it. All right. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And amazing. And amazing. <laughs> I think I must overuse beautiful as well. All right. I was going to go to another story, but I'm going I'm to resist. Yeah, resist. Fast. Okay. We're still recording again today. So. Yeah, but that's true. Okay. Anything else, sister? Um, no, just blessing. blessing. All right. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Have mercy on you. May our Lord grant all of you lives of holiness, lives of, of conviction, of urgency, of passion, of rest, of freedom from anxiety and all the attacks of the devil. May you live lives as free as possible of any shame. May you see the evil of sin that can lead to death as transitioned and fixed and healed by our Lord and that will lead you to true joy even in the midst of this crazy world. May you see the world around you as a place filled with evil and the devil, but also filled with Christ's grace and that opportunity always available. And may our Lord bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Love you, sister. Love Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Bye.